Welcome to The Underlay, a Clever Choice podcast, where we go inside and under the flooring industry. Here we are, another episode of The Underlay, a Clever Choice podcast. My name is Matthew White, and with me, as always, is my loyal co-host and the GM of Clever Choice Flooring, Michael Roberts. How are you, mate? Good, Matt. How are you going? Very well, very well. How was the um? How was the weekend? The Mate, um, good weekend. Weather was spectacular. Yeah, I was just saying to uh, to our special guest off air that it's gotten warm. Oh yeah, uh, 30, I'm not happy about it. You're not? No. Oh mate, I I dream for 35 degree days. Uh, we got up to the lake, went up to Lake Mugra, oh, took the jet ski out, floated in the water for hours. I think I spent more time just floating than I did jet skiing. Well, jet skiing's hard work, mate. Oh, my forearms were burning. Yeah. I'm out, I'm out of condition. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that won't take long. <laughs> that won't take long. And look, joining us today uh, is a special guest and, and, you know, piping in from Melbourne where the weather is miserable apparently, is Olivia Lazankas from Flawless Interiors. How are you? Good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, we're good. Very yeah. good. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Yeah, look, and look, I'll, we'll get it out of the way early. Olivia's a little nervous, uh, and we can understand that. Most of the guests are to start with, but we're going to try and put you at ease. And uh, it's just like three old mates sitting in a beautifully designed area with beautiful furnishings, having a coffee. Sounds good. Excellent, excellent. Uh, well, but, Michael. Oh, yes. Lead away. I know you're you're chomping at the bit to to get this started. It's interesting. Um, flawless interiors. I've uh, known Olivia for nearly ten years now, and um, most of that association has been through the Floorwell Group, um, through her mum Helen, and um, you're actually a third generation uh, flooring person. That's correct. Yeah. So some real strong history we're going to um, hear about here today, Matt. I've got to say that it's a common thread with all our guests that flooring runs deep. Oh, and uh, especially uh, in, um, in Olivia's family. Really? Want to tell us a little bit about that, Olivia? Yeah, no worries. So um, my grandma and her brother started um, in flooring back in the, I think it was the late 70s. So we're going back quite a while ago, um, but they were they were one of the founders of Floor World. Um, so then mum and dad took over uh, about 10, 15 years ago um, and we sort of work in the shop as still three generations. So grandma comes in, mum and dad are in, I'm in there working in the studio. So it's not every day you get to work with your family. Uh, it's got its pros and cons, that's for sure. <laughs> As you can imagine, uh, work together, live together, breathe together. Um, but it's pretty good. It's pretty special. And yeah, it's it's always fun working with them. So never a dull moment. Well, they even um, party together. I was down in the casino <laughs> only a couple of months ago. And Lo and behold, who walks past? The three generation um, <laughs> That's Thomas correct. Town. Yeah. <laughs> you remember this? Yeah. I do actually. Like, yeah. 
Yeah. Out of everyone that I could bump into, all three. So they also, all three of them party together. Yeah, I've got to say, hard, play it, hard. <laughs> it must be, it must be special though. I know it's. We always, whenever people talk about working with family, there's there's a lot of negative connotations. Yeah, that go with it. I reckon, but it must be pretty special, especially having like Nan, Mum, and you all in the one spot on any given day. That's that's sort of what dreams are made of, really. A hundred percent. Like it's, I say sometimes, oh, um, you know, I'm, I'm so over you all, but deep down I love it. Like it's so good. And we're, look, we're really close, but we work, we all, and Michael's seen when he's come in, we worked, we all work together so well. Um, and yeah. we love what we do. We have a real passion, um, as boring as it is for flooring though. We could talk your ears off all day. Um, but yeah, no, we really love what we do. So yeah, it's good. And they create such a good family environment. Like every time I go into their store, um, always visit when I'm down in Melbourne and I just feel at home. I just feel like it's my extended family. Um, and actually the other thing, the other time I was down there, um, Olivia's youngest sister, Zoe walks in with work boots on it had been out laying floors all day. So, (laughs) you know. They get in and do it all, um, and that's the beauty of um, of the Thomastown family um, is that yeah nothing's too hard. And they they make you feel welcome. Um, I think I spent a couple of hours just lounging around on the lounge the other day. You know, we had pizza come in, so it's such a good environment to go into that store and watching customers come in. They're also made feel the same, so they do a really good job and. Now, like the extension of having your um, flawless interior section at the back, that's um, a new addition? It is, yep. It's very exciting. So tell us a little bit about about that part of the business. Yeah, so obviously I always worked in flooring, but I had a real natural ability to, you know, put colour schemes together. So people would come in and, you know, bring in their sampling and I'd sort of love putting it all together for them. And they would say, wow, you know, you're a real natural at this. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to go study interior design. So I used to work in the shop a couple of days a week. Then I would go down to TAFE uh, on like a Monday, Tuesday. And I, and I really loved it. Um, I feel like I've naturally um, got the ability to, you know, put colours together and naturally creative um and then I was sort of doing it as a side hustle or people would come in and you know we'd play around with colors and we had a bit of uh, free space in the back and we thought why don't we make a studio this was sort of in the end of COVID uh, we thought why don't we make a studio um you know give us a point of difference you know we're more than just flooring um and we did that and ever since it's just taken off it's been amazing it's you know super busy but it's been really really good so with with our edu- education to become a interior designer what does that entail like is because as you said it's it's i personally i think it would be one of those things that you're naturally gifted at to start with but what is the what's the education process look like for that yeah, I agree with that. I think you just naturally got it. But um, look, it's just a 
I went to my local TAFE. It was a, I did a diploma of interior design. It was two years part-time, um, but it's very hands-on. So it's not like going to a university. It's very hands-on. You're given real-life scenarios. Um, you know, you're given your brief by, by a client. So it's like setting you up to do the real thing. Um, and it was fantastic. So I honestly loved it. Yeah, I know watching, there's so many TV shows now that you've got the, the person, that, the interior designer comes in and just creates this incredible space out of, out of nothing. And I know every time I watch it, I go, God, I wish I could do that. Like, how do they think of that? Oh. And I think that's the thing. I think that for me, obviously, 47-year-old male, I'm never going to be an interior designer. <laughs> uh, I'm probably more the interior destructor. But uh, so I'm, I'm in awe of, of people that, can look at something and just envisage how it can look. So work me through your process with that. Like is there certain, I guess, boxes that you tick off to to go, well, this will work, this won't work? How does that work? How's your process work when sort of developing a room? Yeah, look, you sort of get – I describe it as a bit of like brain overload. So I'll walk into a space and – I might even go to a restaurant, doesn't matter where I go, but I'm constantly looking at things and I'm saying, you know, I would do this, I would do that, I would do that. And your brain is just like, it's almost going like haywire. Um, but you just have this, it's like a natural ability just to come up with these ideas. And yeah, you it, you got to sort of pair it back then, run your ideas to the client you know, obviously put your concept together, um, put a few options together for them. But, yeah, it just – it's sort of – it's a crazy process in your brain. It's almost just like an explosion of ideas. I always found it amazing. Um, like I can build a room and I'm very hands-on as far as building, construction and all that goes. And I can get the room. But then to be able to stand back and visualize, you know, and it, it's amazing um, when, you know, people like Olivia can come into the room that you've built and then actually make it look good. You know, I struggle in the morning just to put matching clothes on. I've um, noticed. <laughs> <laughs> so that old saying, blue and green should never be seen. Is that true? Like, are those sort of, um, like when you're putting colors together, are there certain colors and styles that shouldn't go together? Because... Again, you know, Matt, you're talking about all these shows and you hear a lot of the judges come in and go, that shouldn't work together, but it does. Like, how, how, do, you, how do you know what does and doesn't work? And um, Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, a big part of what I do is you go, look, I used to come home and my homework would be to literally paint colors in my workbook and my sister used to say you look like you're doing a prep like prep work you know like you're <laughs> painting colors which goes my sister went to study colors but there's so much more to it you learn about the color wheel and that's why when you say blue and green blue and green are obviously next to each other on the color wheel um so would I use them together yes I would but I would have something like white to break it up I wouldn't have it right next to each other because that's like a clash but I say to all of my clients if you love it it's your home there's no rules you do what you want to do 
you're the one that has to live there. You know, when people say, oh, you know, I love these arch mirrors, but I'm worried that they're going to date. I say, do you love them? And they say, yes, I absolutely adore an arch mirror. I say, well, then do it because that's your space. You need to love your space and it's a reflection of you. Um, So there really are no rules in interior design. It's really about breaking the rules, I think, and doing what you want to do. So it's very much um, a lot of it is to know your client's brief, like really to know what what makes them buzz and what what their feelings are going to be, I guess, generated and um, and that's what it all is, I guess, a sense of feeling, isn't it? You've got to feel comfortable in your environment. You do. You need to love where you live. And I think we definitely saw that during COVID. So COVID was actually my busiest time because people were sitting at home saying, oh, you know yeah. what, I actually don't, you know, I don't like my flaws or, you know, I don't like this paint colour or, you know, when I'm working in my office all day, it just feels so like drab. And the amount of emails I got for e-design, and I think a lot of interior designers and stars would agree with me, um, COVID really taught us that, you know, you need to love your home. You know, you spend so much time there. That's like your sanctuary. So you need to make it yours. So 100% following the client brief and, you know, making sure that that's special to them is really, really important. Yeah, I guess it's uh, it's all in the preparation. It's like laying a floor, where the preparation is the most mm. important process, right? We've got to mm. get the, the floor right before you can lay the floor on top of it. So with interior design, it's all about the prep. It's knowing the brief. It's then getting to know the client. And I guess I think the the, the thing that I appreciate what you said there is that it's there's no rules. It's It's your house. And I think a lot of people get caught up in trends and they go through these magazines and, and they're like, oh, this is on trend or that's on trend. And if I ever hear my wife say on trend again, I, I might have a heart attack. But <laughs> that must be that must be difficult for you, I guess, because you might also come up against some opposition where, you know, some people want something but you feel that it, it may not work. Yeah, look, it, it can be a little bit tricky. I'm a big believer in I don't follow trends. It's a it works in a cycle. Um, even now we're seeing rich browns come in and like walnuts and you know those sorts of warm really warm deep neutral colors but that works on a 10-year cycle that was in 10 years ago now it's come back in you know you look at a magazine that's all trend based um i try to create spaces that are going to last the test of time they're timeless um they are still a, a reflection a reflection of my clients um but you know, they're not going to date. And if I go there in 20 years, um, it's still going to be an absolutely beautiful space. Yeah, interesting. Because I always wondered where trends come from. Like, I've tried to bring trends back and uh, <laughs> I've failed miserably at bringing <laughs> trends back. Come, Michael, tell me the last trend you tried to bring back. Come on, be honest with me. Be honest with us here. Well, as you know, Matt, I'm now fetching a beard. I like it. You do uh, look, Olivia, Michael. Do you watch? Do you watch Yellowstone at all? I do. I'm a big okay, fan. Okay, so Michael's doing his best, best rip impersonation here. <laughs> he's got the, he's got the dark beard. I'm just waiting for him to come in in the Akubra, uh, which I'm sure is not <laughs> far away. Well, 
22nd of February is my birthday, so it's um it's been put out there amongst the family yeah. that um well, I can't I, wait. I'm only missing the hat now. As long as you're not as long as you don't take me to the train station, mate. Right? So <laughs> yeah, so so being a trendsetter is not easy. No, it's no, not. It's not. No. And I get and I guess that that leads to the question where where do these trends come from? Like you've said that, you know, walnuts and those dark colours come in. Who sets these like trends that are in magazines? Like as much as, you know, we can go out and set trends of mullets and flares and hope that someone catches on. Um yeah. where where do fashion and interior design trends, where do you see them coming from? Yeah, so look, it's a bit um they sort of come from all over the place but a lot of interior designers would do what's called a trend forecast so they'll look at you know what's trending on pinterest what's in magazines what are my clients loving at the moment what am i doing a lot of so at the moment i'm trending that there's going to be um archers are, are back they've been back for the past couple of years but we're going even further. I'm doing arches in shower niches, furniture, mirrors, you name it. We love an arch. We love a curve. I say curves are back, baby. Um, <laughs> they never left. Uh, I always left. love curves. Yeah. Always love curves. Yeah, cur- <laughs> you know, curves are in. Um, but even like dark kitchens, a lot of my clients are saying, you know, I don't want a white kitchen. I want a dark kitchen, you know. So, you know, that's coming back. and. As an interior designer, you sort of forecast the trends based on, you know, what you're doing a lot of. Like I can't say, oh, you know, white kitchens are, I think, are going to trend for this year because every kitchen I've done so far has been really dark. But I'm excited. Everyone's doing really different things and breaking the rules. And I think that's an exciting thing too, to be able to see different things. Like it would get boring just following trend and doing all dark kitchens or yeah. all arches or, you know, so to be able to have, I guess, clients coming in wanting to to break all the rules, yeah, like that would be exciting to be able to stand back and go, wow, I've created that. Yeah, definitely. Like, yeah. Yeah, I tried to talk my wife into black tapware. <laughs> she didn't like that. No. She didn't like that. Oh, really? I was like, come on, like I'm sick of the silver, I'm sick of chrome. And then we met in the middle with like a brushed nickel. Yeah, right. Beautiful. So just mean, it just means it just means I lost, but you know, I wanted to just hang it all out there. Black tapware. Go black. Yeah. Why not? Black is back. Once you it go is. black, you never go back. I've heard that. Well, yeah. I, unfortunately, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. <laughs> you I'm not allowed to deny the I'm not allowed to go black. But uh but yeah, I, I I'd really like to have a dark kitchen. I've mm. got a white I've got a white kitchen. I'd really like to have mm. dark cupboards. I'd really like to to break that mold. But I guess it's years of um, it's years of seeing, or it's it's you you are born and bred, and you see the same thing over and over and over, and it's that you've got to be really bold to break out, don't you? And I guess part of your job is to is to bring people out of their shell and let them know the potential that their home has. Yeah, definitely. And I think if you even were to look back 10, 20 years ago, everyone's house was the same, um, or similar. They had similar things. It was laminex you know, a bit of wood grain, you know, very, very similar. Now everyone is just so different. You walk into people's houses and, you know, we're doing a lot of farmhouse and coastal and Hamptons and so many different styles because um, 
I think we sort of recognise, oh, we're starting to recognise all these interior styles. We're not just doing, mm. you know, contemporary interiors. Um, how many people now are doing beautiful Hampton homes, especially you would see on the Goldie? Um, it's yep. really, really exciting to see. And people, people come and say, I want a green kitchen. And I love that because I love colour. I think it's just so exciting. And when you're going to do what you love, it's not going to date. It's going to be around. People forever. are really starting to express their own personalities within their environment now. Well, um, I think it used to be frowned upon that if you, if you built a house and it looked different, you know yeah. what I mean? Like it's, oh, it's an eyesore or it doesn't fit the aesthetic that the suburb is. Got but to keep up with the Joneses. Yeah, but now it seems that, you know, you can you can drive down any street and there can be 25 different styles of houses on the one street. And I think, you know, whereas in the past it was, it was sort of like suburbia where mm. it was all the same. Like and up here on the Gold Coast, there's parts of the Gold Coast, like if you go to Varsity Lakes, if you got drunk, you might walk into the wrong house in some places. Yeah. On it, right? It's it's that easy, and I really like it that you can drive down a street and there's so much character with with different homes and people just going, "Well, this is what I want. This different is what I like." Yeah, and yeah. Trees or absolutely, they're shaping yeah. the image of their house. Yeah, is a reflection on on them and their personality for sure. You know, stuff everybody else. This is this is what I like. <laughs> Essentially, I, I think that's really cool. I like that. Yeah. So trends on flooring, how how does then flooring tie in? Like we're talking about archways, we're talking about uh, tapware, we're talking about all these designs and spaces. Um, predominantly, you know, you work in a flooring store, uh, we yep. supply flooring. How does yep. that all then tie back in? You know, do you start with the flooring? Do you finish with the flooring? Yeah, well, flooring's actually a really, really – important part of you know putting the finishes together flooring is probably one of the first things that I go for um, it grounds the space it's really really important uh, we've noticed that uh, in this year's trend forecast like I said you know dark colors rich brown so I definitely think we're going to start seeing more of those like mocha coffee tones come back especially in like beautiful oaks and things like that. But I've also noticed that tactile textures are coming back. So, you know, things like beautiful uh, bold stones and things like that. But how that can translate to flooring um, is that it's, you know, quite textured oak. So it might be a beautiful wire brushed oak where, you know, you can see that texture. Um, so I think that's going to be really in and, you know, beautiful wide planks because, um, when it comes to interior design, scale and proportion is so important. So, you know, you're doing these big archways. You, we know we want a beautiful wide plank floor. Um, so that's when, you know, those beautiful wide oaks, I think, are going to be really popular this year. Yeah. And the other trend that I'm sort of seeing now coming through is the, the herringbone um, parquetry um, a lot of that real old school sort of trend starting to to come back. Are you seeing much of that? Yeah, definitely. I've actually been doing quite a lot of herringbone lately. Uh, a lot of people are doing, um, it's like a classic revival has come back. So we're sort of seeing a lot of Federation, uh, Georgian, all those sort of influences, Edwardian, 
Um, but in these classic interiors, you know, we're seeing a lot of parquetry, chevron, herringbone. Um, it's a very timeless look. It's been around forever, um, but it just looks absolutely stunning. So I'm really excited to be doing a lot of a lot of that. Well, that's exciting news considering Clever Choice has just come out with their new herringbone range in the hybrid shield. So very exciting. fancy that. I know. Yeah. Now someone would say that, you know, I'm not a trendsetter. But we seem to be right on trend. I've never you thought of less of you, Michael. <laughs> so that's um that's also good to hear. And Actually, Matt, we'll just uh, Matt and I were just flicking through your social media and um, looking at some of your storyboards and um, seeing all those great colours and um, designs that you're putting together. So it's a great place for people to go and and see these latest um, trends that you're setting. Yeah, no, it is really good, and it's so great having the studio um, at Floor World. Of course, it works hand in hand. And flooring is such an important factor when it comes to, you know, building a house. So to be able to just run into the showroom and grab something and run back in the studio and put it all together for your clients is, it's so fun. But it, yeah, it works hand in hand. So talk me through the, the, the process and, and I guess the, someone rocks in, they come into the studio, they say, okay. Fill your boots. I, I want to redesign my my living area. And what's that process look like and how long does that process take? So is it a is it a, a days, weeks, months? How long does how long does that take for you? Yeah, look, it's sort of different based on um, the client. Every job entails uh, sort of a different brief, but most of the time they'll come in. A lot of people don't actually know their style. You'll come across a few people that'll say, yes, you know, they're dead set on this. But there's quite a few people that have absolutely no idea what they want. And that's when you sort of got to start researching and looking for inspiration and putting a few concepts together and they'll say, okay, I like this, I don't like that. Um, And then we'll sort of go on site and have a look at what their project entails. But you know, most projects do go for quite a lengthy bit of time. They do go for quite a few months. And that's why you actually um, become quite close with your clients. You know, you're going along this journey with them. And I've met so many amazing people. But, you know, when it comes to a whole house renovation, you know, you could be working with these clients for over a year. Um, And you're, you're, going along this process with them and you you get to see this other side and you see how they live and as a designer it just helps you more so yeah it's amazing working with so many great people you you must see you must see people at their best and at their worst like <laughs> yeah because i've i've just had a very good mate of mine do a reno and it nearly tipped him over the edge yeah so yeah. Sometimes the a, a build or a renovation can go swimmingly, but more often really? than not, more often than not, yeah, more often than not, it doesn't. <laughs> so I, I know all about. That. So do you become do you become that uh, that shoulder to cry on? And because I guess that you are waiting as much on the on the build as as anyone else, because you're the you're yep. the final piece of the puzzle. So do you become that confidant? Do you become a bit of a a, a, 
a, a psychiatrist or a you know you a do, psychologist? Yeah, yeah. I'm almost yeah. like a little bit of a uh, interior counselor, I should say. <laughs> um, you know, you have your clients ring you. I can't do this anymore. I need to get out of this rental. Um, yeah, they obviously it's a very very stressful project and a pro and process. Of course, I've never actually met any clients that have just been happy days. There's always some sort of kerfuffle, but a lot of the time it's sort of the husbands and wives not gelling. You know, they've got such different ideas and it's about me. I'm sort of a meat in the middle of the sandwich, but you sort of got to try and bring that both together. So one might want a white kitchen, one might want a dark kitchen, but you've got to sort of try and, you know, unite it and say, okay, let's do dark overheads and, you know, white bottoms and, got to try and tie it all together to make them both happy. But, you know, one thing I say a lot is happy wife, happy life, you know, let her do the inside and, you know, you can have a beautiful big shed or a man shed, but that doesn't really work. (laughs) (laughs) See, that's where I've gone all wrong is I've never had an interior designer come in and be the meat in the sandwich. It's usually just (laughs) me and my wife going head to head. Head butting each other. Yep, And, um. But yeah, after tw- I guess twenty five years of being together, I've learned that it's not fifty fifty. It I may be lucky to get fifteen, and I'm happy with that. That's fine. And if I can get a yeah. good fifteen, yeah, then hey, it's where the fifteen is that matters, right? Exactly. Yeah, you got to take it where you can get it. So, <clears throat> floor world more than just flooring. Yeah. Um, and I think we, we're obviously discovering that today that um, when you go into floor world stores, uh, you're going to get a lot more than just flooring. So. What what can the customers, what can the clients expect when they go into a floor world store? Yeah, I think that's a really important point you've touched on, Michael. We are more than just flooring. A lot of the stores that you go into are family stores. Um, you know, they're a husband and wife, or you know, they're be- you know, you have best friends that work together, and I think that's really special. Um, but one thing that we do, and I think is a point of difference, and Clever is really supportive of it, is that we work with Pancare. Um, and I think that's really, really special. You know, we're giving back to people um, at a point in their lives where, you know, they're so vulnerable. And we're able, through flooring, whoever would have thought, um, to give back to so many people. So I think that that's so special. Um I'll let Michael touch on that a little bit as well because Clever is such a big supporter of Pancare. Yeah, it is. It's a it's a great, um, I guess, partnership um, would be the best word to describe it. Um, you know, I know Doug, Doug Hawkins, Matt and I had Doug we had on. A, we had a good chat. Yeah, we our, had, a, had yeah. a really good chat. He was our first special guest. He was. He really um, was. After Greg. But Greg doesn't count. Well, <laughs> special yeah. guest. Um, yeah. But, yeah, Pancare, um, you know, Obviously, was um, f- that relationship was forged from um, your uncle, sadly, um, having cancer and the relationships that are built from there. So not only was he one of the founding fathers, um, along with Angela, your grandma, you know, but he was a real inspiration, I think, for a lot of, a lot of people. Um, yeah, yeah. And that sort of triggered this relationship with Pancare. Um, and 
it's been many years now and, you know, we jumped on board straight away because um, my grandfather sadly passed um, for similar um, causes um, and it really touched my sort of heart uh, to be able to give. And I think as you get older, or not even get older, but I think when you are fortunate and you have um, a lot of things coming your way to be able to give back as well. And that's the great thing is it's, it's not just a charity. It's, it's a part of floor world. Um, mm-hmm. you know, the purple t-shirts, the purple balloons, the ongoing sponsorship. Um, <clears throat> Doug's convinced me to actually go to New Zealand and cycle with them on, um, in April. Yeah. Okay. okay. Wow. Well, that's, this is probably <laughs> Now, Michael, we had Doug on. I don't know if you know Olivia, but we had Doug on. He was the second episode that we did of The Underlay, and Michael committed to doing the walk in the snowy mountains of Victoria. And (laughs) (laughs) then subsequently broke his ankle and couldn't do the walk. (laughs) Now, he tells me he fell in a hole and broke it that way, but I think he just got a little bit chicken. I think he might have taken the hammer to his ankle. But uh, I was definitely not ready for that walk at that time, so the (laughs) broken ankle Definitely came at the best time. Came at the best time. But now, um, you know, I think we're only about ten weeks out from um, doing the cycle um, uh, for four days around um, the New Zealand Alps. Um, I'm actually getting out and I'm walking. Um, You know, we've spoken about the farm, so doing the kilometres there, doing the hard yards. You know, my body's starting to get to that point that hey, I'm alive. Um, so really looking, for, look, really looking forward to, you know, jumping on that um, train and getting on the bike and, yeah, getting amongst all the Pancare family and raising money for such a great cause. And it, it's a great um, tribute to Floor World for, you know, creating this relationship and this network of people Um that obviously a lot of money goes to that for people who go into Floor World and purchase flooring. So, you know, us suppliers, the stores, you know, the families, we all contribute to such a great cause. So it is really good to be a part of. And and I guess more than just donations, um, you know, Floor World, you know, again, more than just flooring, you know, and you touched on it, most of them are family stores. You know, they're local people from the communities that you know, are running these stores. It's not a corporation. It's funny because, again, I said it at the start that it's – and I'm new to this. I'm not I'm – not, I don't bleed flooring. But every week it's the same thing. It's these people that have grown up in the industry that are born into it that, you know, they bleed flooring. And it's, it's obvious – I never knew this existed, this passion for this industry, and and it's really special. It really is from from an outsider looking in. That's it's only a, really a couple of years uh, in a relationship in the flooring industry that it's it blows me away. And the same people, it's the same message, and it's it's so easy to see the the synergies between you know clever choice and now floor world and and then pan care and then even when we go and we talk to other other retailers and partners and. That, that it's obvious that you know, you know, your vibe attracts your tribe, right? And I think that you you tend to you're just as passionate from your side of the industry as what floor world is from their side, and you sort of meet in the middle, and something special happens. It's and it, it's it's not a fluke because this is now we're on episode eleven now, and it's the same story every week, and it's it's quite mind blowing. It sure is, and you know. 
I guess having people like Olivia, you know, come on and, and share their stories, um, it, it, it's, it's humbling, uh, that we, I guess, network and, you know, we're changing people's lives. And, you know, I think the more we talk to people, um, the more I truly understand that it's more than just supplying flooring, yeah. you know, or blinds or archways or tapware or, you know, all those things that are, I guess, tangible items. It's actually creating an environment that people live in. And I guess I didn't really understand that, you know, when I first got into to flooring and, um, you know, I've been doing this a long time now and I looked at it as such a, we're supplying an item. And then a couple of years ago, um, you know, I sort of sat back and looked at our business and thought, we're not supplying items. We're supplying so much more. Um, and I think, you know, Floor World, you know, say it, say it perfectly, more than just flooring. <clears throat> and it doesn't mean like just more like blinds or other items. It's like what Olivia just said. It's family, you know, it's mm, creation, 100%. it's design, it's come into our store and feel like a family like it is so much more yeah and um i think every guest that we have on um you know really emphasizes you know we had jake last week talking about freight yeah i think we spoke about freight for maybe five minutes you know over that 45 minutes you know it was a lot more about the networking and the traveling and you know getting to know your clients and and all that type of thing so um yeah, I think definitely when you when you uh, look at it, it is more than just flooring. Yeah, and, and I think that, and we'll get. Sorry, we, we feel like we're just rabbiting on a bit, Liv, and we haven't entered you in the conversation. But I've got something coming for you right now, though. And I think that from a marketing perspective, uh, you talk about unique selling points, and I think that what you guys have done down there at Thomastown with with the studio is is a is an added value proposition for already a, a, a probably a committed customer base that that people go well we don't need to go anywhere else we've got everything right here and is that what it feels like now it is it is because people really want that one-stop shop but also you build that connection with people and they don't want to go anywhere else um you know people will come in and we're able to do their whole home concept for them from, you know, the architraves, the taps, the paint, the flooring, the window furnishings. It's a one-stop shop. Um, yeah. It's such an evolution from, um, I guess, what the traditional flooring store looked like 20 years ago. Um, I remember when I first started in flooring, you'd go in, there'd be some shelves of carpet, some shelves of laminate. Yeah. And that was about it. And here's your underlay to go, to go with it. So it, it is amazing that over the last, I guess, 20 years that I've been in the industry, uh, to sort of see that it, it has evolved into such a, a creation and a place to go. Do you feel that Olivia? Like you've grown up in the store, you know, you, you running 100%. around. Yeah. I've seen such a big change in, especially our store. I remember going there as a little kid and there were the carpet rolls in the middle and jumping on the forklift. But now it's just so clean. It's so refined. It's more minimalistic. We're trying to do that less is more approach. Um, And the way that you present your store is really important to people as well. They don't want to see clutter. It feels overwhelming. Um, 
if you have, you know, less, they're able to see what they want will stand out. Um, and that's why with the studio and that, you know, adding that, our store looks amazing and we're constantly getting that feedback. When people come in, they say, wow, you know, your store is absolutely beautiful. Um, but having a really, really well-presented store um, is so important. It's, and it's come such a long way from what it was. And I guess, you know, people are going in and want to feel like they're at home. You know, it, it's that sense of, wow, you know, I want my place to feel like this. Yeah. Um, and definitely, you know, you, you guys have created that and um, it, it does feel feel like home. As I said, I go in there and lounge around for hours until they kick me out. Yeah, lucky them. <laughs> I, I, I feel the same way. So, uh, Olivia, you mentioned earlier that with COVID that you were doing a lot of obviously, obviously stuff over the over Zoom and, and helping people that way. Is that still something that you do, or is it, or is, or is it you better sort of face to face and people in in the studio with you? Can you still do the the online stuff? Yeah. Look, and there's times where you still have to do it. Obviously. Um, you know, clients interstate and things like that. But you ca- you can't beat that real connection and actually, you know, physically having someone there. Um, it's just so different. Obviously, during COVID, we didn't have a choice. We were locked down in our houses in Melbourne. Um, but I definitely try to do as much in person as I can. Um, you can't beat it. And there's, there's floor world stores all over Australia. Um, yeah. So it's not yeah. not only in Melbourne, but you guys have got locations in Sydney, Canberra, um, up here in Queensland, yeah. uh, over in WA, and um, you know a beautiful place, Tassie. Um, mm-hmm. They even let people go down there and visit Floor World stores. So it, it's um, it's good to see that not only can they get the help from from you there at Melbourne, but you know if they're looking for a Floor World store, uh, they're all over Australia. Yeah, absolutely. But if if people want to come and see you, is it just best to pop into the store there at Thomastown and and just rock up and say, please help? Yeah, just pop in. I'm, uh, you know, I'm around a lot. Or you know, shoot me an email. We'll make an appointment, um, and you can come in, and I'm all, you know, all yours. Yeah. So tell us about one of the most rewarding jobs that you've done. Oh, the most rewarding job. Was there one that, you know, you sort of maybe looked at and thought, wow, this is going to be a challenge. And then at the end of it, you stood back and you go, wow, that I, I, I exceeded my own expectations. Yeah. Um, I remember doing a renovation on a really, really older property and I used to say, uh, I used to say this is cursed. Um, everything that could go wrong went wrong. Uh, we had the wrong sinks come. We had um, even things like rain shoulds come with no motors. We had it was just hundred percent cursed. Um, and I used to say, oh, I just I can't wait till this is over. I just want it done. Then. When I started to see it all come together and, you know, we were fixing everything and, I mean, it was a very, it was probably the most stressful job I've ever done in my life, Um, seeing what we transformed this old home on stumps where the floor was literally falling in um, 
to what it became, it was just the most amazing feeling. And the best feeling was when the clients walked in the door and actually started crying. Um, you know, they'd lived in this home for so many years. It was literally falling apart around them. Uh, it was a heritage-listed property. Um, and they just broke down in tears because they just couldn't believe the transformation. But, yeah, that was definitely a stressful job. <laughs> and that would be very moving, like, to to actually go through that challenge, not give up keep fighting forward and then as you said you get sort of about halfway through and things start coming together and you're like yes i can see some light and then i guess the mental exhaustion of when it's all done and then to have um have the clients come in and and just absolutely love it like that would that would just be an ultimate feeling it's the best feeling ever i always said um i always said i wanted to do something where i helped people but I never actually realised that what I do is such a, you know, big part in people's lives. I actually am helping people by, you know, transforming their homes. So to see people walk in and break down, you know, out of just joy and relief is just an amazing feeling. Yeah, like I watched the tennis the other night. I'm not a big tennis fan, but... Um, I remember at the end of the match saying Djokovic and a similar sort of thing, like, you know, the adversity and all that he faced with what he had to go through last year and then come back. And as much as everyone, I guess, expected him to win the other night, uh, and he did it quite comfortably, like mm. um, straight sets, straight sets. But to see him break down at the end, it, it it's an emotional thing to see someone in such um, – I guess joy and excitement instead of being happy, like literally let all those emotions flood out. And, you know, those sort of things are touching. Uh, and I know it sort of touched, touched me even, you know, to sort of see that. And I guess the great thing about our job is, um, you know, we also get to see, see that, uh, me not so much anymore cause I'm not on the front face, but to hear that you are having those experience and creating those same sort of feelings for people. Um, it's amazing and, you know, um, all credit to you, to, to the great job that you're doing out there and making people feel, um, that excitement and emotion. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Look, I think that's, I think that's probably a good place to leave it. I think that if, uh, if you want to change your life by changing your home, I think you need to talk to Olivia at, yeah. uh, down there at floor world at Thomastown and, uh, interiors. that's at flawless interiors and, and look, you can find their their website, flawlessinteriorsmelbourne.com, and and we'll put the links in the show notes, and and we'll also put the links to her social media, which is probably well worth having a look at and get a bit of a flair for what Olivia's style is all about. But uh, as as you said, it's it's not about your style; it's about finding their style, isn't it? Definitely, yep. It's about finding your style, and if you need help doing that, definitely reach out. <laughs> Absolutely, thank. Well, Thanks for coming on, Olivia. We've had a great um, morning and a great chat, yeah. and it's been Thanks awesome. Thanks for having me. To... Yeah, no, you're very welcome. It's been great to get to know you, and um, looking forward to talking to you soon. Definitely. Yeah. Thanks so much, Olivia. Thanks so much. We'll All speak right. to you soon. Thank you. Thank you. And that's it for another episode of The Underlay, and uh, stay tuned in a couple of weeks, and we'll have another one for you. 
Thank you for your time again today, Michael. Thank you, Matt. It's been a pleasure. Okay. We'll see you guys soon. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to The Underlay. If you want to hear more, follow us on all good podcast platforms.